Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Now, the first thing I want to talk about, I got an interesting message. And it says, hi, my name is Cheryl and I'm a regular listener to your show. I was really hoping that you could help me with a very difficult situation myself and my family are currently facing. My second youngest son has autism and a history of extreme challenging behaviour. This has resulted in myself and my husband being physically attacked on almost a daily basis. He is 12 years old and is both tall and very strong for his age. Just over two weeks ago, we were left with no choice but to ring for an ambulance, to have him brought and sedated in Temple Street Hospital. This, I can only imagine what this life must be like. This was after I had received prolonged beating from my son. We are looking for additional respite uh, and more support at home. Uh, He's occupying a hospital bed for over two weeks now. This is completely unsuitable, uh, but he is too dangerous to bring home. We are so tired of hearing that there is no funding available, and yet it is costing the HSE a fortune to have him in hospital at present. Pardon me. Uh, We as a family have been greatly affected by this situation and would be so grateful if you'd be willing to address it on your show. I'm sure you will find that there are one or two more families in exactly the same situation as us. Well, on the phone is Cheryl. Uh, Cheryl, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Niall. How are you? I read your email and I have to say your message. um, I, I can't imagine what it's like. And by the way, Obviously, you know, uh, some children have special needs and I'm not blaming your son for this, but it must be yeah. terrible for you as a family and particularly you, you were saying that, you know, that you were beaten on many occasions by him because, look, 12-year-olds can be quite strong, quite tall, you know, uh, yeah. at that age, you know, and can do quite a lot of damage. I mean, what was life like? It was, well, it wasn't good. I mean, mm. I would, he's in a unit during the day in a school and I'd come home and I wouldn't, with my other son, my youngest son, I have four children all together, but with my youngest son, I'd be coming home really a nervous wreck, not knowing what my evening was going to entail, what kind of form would he be in, and would I get away with basically not being beaten up that day. Oh, gosh. So, like walking on eggshells, and just a bag of nerves. And when you, when you say, why why would he beat you? Like, just, what would he be, I mean, what kind of would set him off? He has very bad obsessions, which is quite common in autism, and he's mm. very high anxiety, and sometimes he's demanding he, that he wants more of these particular obsessions that he likes um, and when he gets a no he can blow up and then sometimes we don't really know, he can kind of just come out of nowhere And how severe um, is his autism? Does he verbally communicate well? Yeah, his communication is pretty good now mm-hmm. he's a general learning disability as well so he's really only functioning emotionally at about the age of a four, four year old I'd say Right, okay, so he's the cognitive age of a four year old Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he, he he'd be more, he'd be better at expressing than understanding, you'd have to be very simple with your language with him Mm-hmm. but he can communicate. So it's out of frustration he's doing this because obviously he can't get his point across as well as he would like to because of obviously his learning difficulties. And yeah. and when you say he beats you, like he would physically punch you and hit you? Hit me, pull my hair, uh, drag me by my hair around the kitchen, kick me, he's tried to push me down the stairs a couple of times, um, slapping me across the face, um, just, yeah. And, how, and how, can you, how are you dealing with that? Or how do you deal with that? Do you try and... I suppose, restrain him or what, what What can you do? We weren't really. That's why we ended up having to make that call very reluctantly that night. Um, it was a case of, first of all, getting all the other children to safety. So they were up in their rooms and they seemed to spend half their lives up there. Um, so does the he hit them? Call, does he hit them? Yeah, he does. But he would m- mostly go for myself and my husband. Okay. 
um, they would try and intervene at times, my two older children, because they were just sick of seeing them hit their mother, which you can understand. I can you imagine, know, they want yeah. to jump in and protect me. Um, but unfortunately, that only ended up making matters worse for both them and my son. Um, so we would get them to safety first, and then myself and my husband would try and um, tackle it. Initially, we would lock the rooms downstairs because he also trashed the house. Um, he would break anything he could get his hands on. Um, the later thing was he was pulling bulbs and wires and everything. And he, he, he took our heating panel out of the wall and threw that down the stairs. And So he was a real risk to himself as well as ourselves. And we have had days here that could go on for three or four hours. And does he have so, times where he doesn't do this? Is there times where you might get three or four weeks on end where nothing happens and everything is fine? We got to a point where we were lucky we were getting a day a week where he wasn't like this. Oh, my and yeah. I, I know yeah. I'm, I'm, I know you love your son, and and I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, when he was born, and you know, when he was a young boy, what was he like? I mean, when did you notice at first that when did the autism, I suppose, show itself first? Um, well, initially, we thought he was uh, he had a hearing problem because he had failed three hearing tests, and um, because he wasn't interacting or engaging, and because he was my third, you know, obviously, I did notice that. Yeah. Um. So when we were told basically his hearing, he, he needed grommets. That was really it. Yeah, he so wasn't reaching the milestones that you thought he should reach at the, he right, wasn't at the right, right time. Either, no, even, yeah. even physically, he wasn't reaching the milestones. Um, so when the hearing came back, that that wasn't really the issue. Um, then I've actually worked in that area for years. I've worked with autism. And the red flag for me was then, well, look, if it's not his hearing, I think he's autistic because um, he wouldn't react to coming into the room. He'd vacantly stare at the back, sitting in his high chair. Um, just was very different to my first two children. Mm-hmm. And a very sickly child as well, always very unwell. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, so just after the age of two, we were given the diagnosis from Temple Street that he was on the spectrum. Okay. And you thought to yourself, well, okay, we, we'll deal with that. We'll be able to deal with it, as most parents do. And, and it doesn't come to the point where you're at now. And when did you notice it, it got, it's, when did it start to become aggressive or violent? Um, what like age the was first it? Ex- the first experiences we had of him being aggressive would have been at the age of around five or six. But at the time he was very ill, he had a very serious back problem and he couldn't verbalise that to us at all. And it turned out that he would have been in excruciating pain. So he was lashing out because he was in an awful lot of pain. And he went on then to have a couple of surgeries to correct that and then things settled back down again. But I'd say from about the age of eight, he started to become quite violent again. But certainly not to this degree. Yeah, when he was eight years of age, I suppose that the best he could do was maybe yeah. slap, slap out at you or whatever, yeah. Yeah, see, he's 13 this year, this May, so yeah. hitting the teenage years as well, so there's probably a lot of that going on. Yeah, there's hormones and all sorts well. carry on going yeah. on as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so you're waking up with this, well, see, I, as much as you love your child, and I, I'm not having a go at your child, but you, you, you're waking up with this nightmare every single day. How will I get yeah. through the day, and how badly am I yeah. going to be hurt by him? So yeah, what, and also well, what's the ultimate the overall, goal, Cheryl? I, I know what you're looking for, and I understand completely, is respite. Um, because, unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be an awful lot of it around at the moment. People are having their yeah. respite reduced um, by the state. But ultimately, what's the end goal? Because, you know, at some point, even if you get two weeks off or three weeks off a year, you still have to deal with it for the other 49 weeks. Well, we're, we're hoping to get... We have one night respite a week at the moment, and it took us four and a half years to get that. Mm. But we're hoping that we can get half in, half out. So half respite for half the week and then at home for the other half. Mm-hmm. 
um, with a behavioural uh, therapist who can come in and basically help us figure out and understand what's causing a lot of the behaviours and how best What's triggering it, yeah, yeah. What's triggering it, yeah. Because when you're so worn out and you're so caught up in the whole situation for such a prolonged period of time, you can't see the wood from the trees. You know, you're so exhausted. I can only, I can only imagine what it's like. You're afraid to say the wrong thing just in case you end up at the end of a fist or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. But so we do need that trained pair of eyes to come in for us and go, look, this is what we reckon is going on and this is a plan we can put in place and that this might help and, you know, help us to understand more of what's going on with himself, you know. And, and where, so where is he now at this current moment in time? He's still in hospital now, is he? He's occupying a bed in Temple Street at the moment. Yeah, he's almost three weeks there now. He'd be three weeks there. And what are they doing, just sedating him? They've had to sedate him on several occasions because of violent outbursts in the hospital. Um, The staff are fantastic in there. As you you know, they really, really are Mm -hmm. fantastic. They have a nurse specialing him, so he's a one-to-one, both day and night. And um, they are brilliant as well. Um, but it's not the place for him really is it no no it's completely unsuitable and it's very unfair on the other patients there as well and he's very mixed up he doesn't know what's going on first because as far as he's concerned he's not sick yeah so why am I why am I in a hospital yeah 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 I mean we we did do a social story and stuff to try and explain it to him but for a child who would come across as being quite verbal he would find it very hard to understand is he intelligent Cheryl do you think he understands himself that what he's doing is wrong Sometimes I think he does because sometimes we get what sounds like a heartfelt apology after the fact. Yeah. But then it can happen, it can blow up again an hour later, like he's just completely forgotten. Right, so he's just hot and cold. Yeah. A common denominator, a common thing in autism is a lack of empathy. Yeah. You know, now he is a very loving child as well. I mean, he can be just the most. Beautiful, gorgeous. It must, but it must break your heart when you look at it when you're looking at your little boy and you're yeah. saying, oh, "You love him to bits." I know he doesn't mean to be like this, but you can't. Yeah. I can't, as a human being, Cheryl. You shouldn't have to deal with that. Nor should your husband or your children have to deal with that. Yeah, it, it wasn't a manageable situation at all, and it was like I have four children. I don't just have one. You know, so I had to think of my other three children as well and the impact it was having. Well, you on have to think of your own life and your and your relationship yeah. with your husband, which I'm sure is stressed and strained yeah. by this too. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, a child like that who has special needs, and particularly when the, uh, very demanding special needs like your son, I'm sure that puts a huge strain on your own relationship and your own family. Yeah, definitely does. I can't but put a, put a strain on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, things like holidays, I'm assuming, are out the door. I mean, that just, just doesn't... No, we haven't gone. Yeah, we don't go out anywhere together. We can't go anywhere. We can't go out for family dinner. Um, can't go for trips to the cinema. All the little things. Can't go anywhere. Can't go out together in the car, all of us at one time, because he's so dangerous in the car. So it's the little things. So, so you, like, you just can't bring him out at all? Uh, there was a point where we could, but then things got so bad, even just going out in the car, that the two of us would have to take him out whenever we needed to go anywhere. Just in case he kicked well, off. Yeah, it's so dangerous as you can imagine when you're driving. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah. you, you mentioned even like going out to a restaurant or the cinema, that sort of stuff doesn't hasn't happened nah, in years. Out of the question. Out of the question, yeah, hasn't happened hasn't happened because at all. Just that fear, own, there's just that fear that he would he would he, something would set him off. Well, we tried it mm. and it, he, he doesn't even have which I'm sure an awful lot of parents out there with autistic children would know. Uh, he doesn't have the tolerance or the patience. And then sometimes to, to, to last, that can be the first thing. And then it could be the noise. It could be the noise in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. It could be the lighting. It could be anything like that that sets him off. And uh, you might get there and five minutes later, he wants to go. 
So. Mm. I'm really sorry to hear that. It must be a dreadful situation to have to live with. Well, what you're looking for, obviously, is what the government have said there's no funding for, which is uh, more respite. Uh, and what reaction have you got from the HSE? Have you applied or what was the... When did you make any phone yeah, calls? Did you talk to anybody? Yeah, we had a, a meeting in Temple Street and um, there was a representative there from the HSC and um, they were saying, you know, we're so much in this much in debt and you're one of many families that are in the same situation. But a lot of families in this situation look for residential. So our point was, well, we're not looking for residential. We're looking for half in, half out, which is not quite as much to be looking for. Um, and yet it's costing them about 11000 a week to keep them in Temple Street. And can you see it getting uh, to a point, Cheryl, where he may have to go into residential care? I mean, if you're saying his problem is accelerating as fast as you're describing, yeah. you know, from going from five years of age to sort of the odd, you know, slap and what have you, and then at eight getting worse and more violent, and now we're at a point where he's beating you on a daily basis. Do you see a point where he may end up in residential care? I Possibly. I kind of don't want to go there in my head. I know mm. my husband has gone there and has said that he reckons that's probably going to be the case. But for now, he's so young. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, the thought of letting him go full time, I just... I know, he's your son. Know. I know, you still yeah. love him. I, and yeah. it's, it's incredible yeah. when you hear a mother who is who is going through what you're going through at the moment. And I know you still love your son. I know what that must yeah. be like. It must be yeah. awful for you because you want you want your son. You don't want this yeah. person who's beating you up. Obviously, yeah, I, I want him to be happy. Yeah. You know, I want him to be well. I want him to be happy. And I think autism is one of, one of the most awful things a person has to deal with because I can't imagine what's going on inside of his head an awful lot of the time. You know, and I, I do, I really feel for him. I really mm-hmm. I feel for all of us, but I do feel for him. I do, because he must feel tormented at times. And if, if he only he could get that 50-50, as you're saying at the moment, at least then he'll get some occupational yeah. therapy, he can get some intervention, and maybe some people who are qualified to be able to deal with what's triggering him and what's causing this, or what's maybe yeah. try and get into his head in some way if we possibly can. Yeah, yeah. Because the long-term solution is not to keep medicating him. No. That's not, not a long-term And is he on medication but permanently? Is he on Ritalin? He is. He is on, yeah, he's on Respiridone and he's on Prozac. Okay. Um, yeah. And does that make a difference even? No. Uh, he's only on the Respiridone, changed the, to the Respiridone recently. That's, that's another thing they're looking at while he's in hospital, is looking at his medication and mm-hmm. figuring out the best. How long, is he on, how long is he on medication? Since what age is he on medication? Um. He is on it since he's about eight. Right. I'd say, yeah. Okay, yeah. just to calm him down, to try and calm him down a bit. Yeah, help with the anxiety, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, my heart goes out to you. I, I know the government have said yeah, over and over again, Simon Harris has talked about this word, no funding. They don't have the funding available. Mm. And, and as you rightly said, yes, it's costing the HSC a fortune to keep him in a hospital bed, which it is. Mm. You know, so yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I no. Mean, it's costing twice probably what it would cost to have 50-50 at the moment to have him in, in Temple Street Hospital. Yeah, absolutely. And then he's like said it's a completely unsuitable environment. It's not fair on the other patients there. Um, and he's occupying a bed that another child will mm-hmm. need. You know, so I, I just can't get my head around that. But then that's the HSE for you, isn't it? You know, it's just disgraceful. Well, you're not on your own. I'm looking here at some of the texts no. and WhatsApp messages coming in. I feel like this woman is telling my story, not quite as extreme with regards to behaviour, but the challenges are very similar with my own autistic daughter. Uh, people often look at us uh, when we're out and assume uh, I'm a bad, lazy father because her behaviour can be so bad. Uh, but my uh, my other two kids are very well behaved. Tough situation, sending positive thoughts to that lady. And I hope it works out. And the person says, my heart goes out to that lady. Um, it's very tough. I work as 
a carer with people with mental disabilities. Uh, this is an ongoing. This is ongoing with the HSC for a while now. Uh, from the basics of people even getting their assessment of need to bigger interventions like yeah. this. Um, person, and she goes on to say, listening. Uh, is he possibly needs a behavioural specialist, maybe an OT, uh, speech and language, uh, specialist tutor, as he'll be behind in his general learning too. How is he in his general learning in school, by the way? Yeah, he'd be quite behind, yeah. yeah. I mean, he can do the very basic writing and very basic maths. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's fine. Look, the thing about it is, we, you know, yeah. uh, my, own, my own daughter uh, has dyspraxia and I accept that she's never going to be an academic, but she's really yeah. clever and she's a huge amount of common sense and she'll do well in life and and that's all you want. You want your child just Absolutely. to succeed. You know what I mean? Yeah, to be happy and well and healthy mm. are yeah. the most important things, you know. Well, do you see a light at the end of the tunnel, Cheryl? Um, I hope so. I mean, this was a really difficult decision that we made and, and you know, that call, we really didn't want to have to make it. We were left with no choice but I suppose I kind of feel now that there's other people helping us now, you know, there's other people pulling the strings for us and they're determined to get us the help that we need and that's the really positive thing, I suppose, that's come out of it. I know it's difficult for him, I know he's in there and he's mixed up and he doesn't know why and all of those things, mm-hmm. but I feel my family are safe for the moment and I feel this is all happening in the best interest of him and us. Do you fear so, for your, by the way, do you ever fear for your life? When he's, I, when he's in those, when he's in a really aggressive situation? I, yeah, well, I've really gone down the stairs, as I said, a couple of times, and I have really, you know, we had been saying that for a long period of time, somebody's going to get killed or somebody's going to get seriously hurt, mm-hmm. you know. And, One of your other um, children, possibly, I, as well, yeah. Po- possibly, yeah. And when he started pulling the electricals out and all that, I was like, this is a whole other level then of, of danger. Of course, it's a danger to self, and a danger to the house, by the way, as well. I mean, set the house on fire, yeah. for God's sake, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I wish you well, Cheryl, um, and hopefully we'll get a bit of reaction to that. There's been a lot of, lot of people texting in in very similar situations. Uh, people says, no funding available, Niall, but yes, we're, yeah, we're able to sanction an extra 100 million for aid to Africa last Christmas. That's 2.5 billion we've given them given every year. And a person says, Niall, I understand the situation that lady is in. And a person says, Niall, could uh, you let that lady know I've been there? Uh, would she consider using CBD oil? It has changed our son's behaviour for the better, obviously. Um, I don't know. Have you considered that? I d- a lot of people seem to think it works. I don't. I don't know whether it does or not. Um, yeah, I tried it. I didn't find it. Really yeah, it helped. works for some. I think it works for some. Yeah. But it doesn't work for others. And the person yeah. said, "There's no money for our sick children, and that old age pe- and old age pensions in Ireland, but that there is no shortage of money for." Yeah, okay. You and a lot of people talk about asylum seekers and money going to Africa and all sorts of carry on. But look, I do wish you the best of luck, uh, Cheryl, and I certainly hope something comes out of it all right. And I hope you get what you're looking for. Uh, and I'm, I, I hope the long-term uh, prognosis for your son is a lot better than the short-term. All right. Thank you, and thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic.